This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by Ames High boys basketball coach Vance Downs. We're going to have an amazing conversation about this year's state championship, coaching in general, and then take some time to walk down memory lane to revisit some of the most storied teams. All right, Vance Downs, thank you for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Eric. Thanks for having me on. So this is, uh, we're two weeks out from the night where you and the Ames High team won the state championship. Have you have you come off that high yet? I, I think we've come down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, you know, just being around the school, the kids are still having a great time. They're wearing yeah. their hats, and yeah. uh, they're still really excited about it, as they should be. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we as coaches have come down a little bit and uh, starting to plan for next year. Yeah. So when we, um, especially at the 4A level, you know, the 4A in Iowa, that's the big schools. Boy, you get to that postseason and you get to the state tournament there's a lot of attention on the state tournament, and it's all played in Des Moines at Wells Fargo, and Ames High was at the top of that news attention, not only going into this season, but especially entering the tournament as the number one seed. You know, you had some high-profile athletes who, you know, are going to go off and, and play next year. How, how are you feeling about, you know, just the season as a whole, this this particular team? You know, now that it's all said and done, um, wh- what does this mean to, to you and the team? And, and have you taken some time to reflect on this season yet? Um, you know, great question, Eric. I, I, I haven't, besides the numbers, yeah. you know, we've tried to crunch the numbers and break down the film. Uh, uh, but uh, um, I, I haven't really had a whole lot of time to reflect about memories and, and letting that stuff set yeah. in. Uh, but I, I couldn't be happier for the kids. Yeah. Uh, it was a big goal for them. They got there. Unfortunately, it worked out, and it was yeah. not an easy road at all. And, and uh, you know, I couldn't be happier for the community and the school. Yeah. Uh, it was a positive shot in the arm. I think everybody <laughs> feels really good about it. Yeah. And, and from the turnout last night and from, from the comments and, and from the feedback we've yeah. gotten, uh, I, I think we're all really proud of this basketball team and proud of our school. So you can't say this, so I'm I'm going to say it from from my lens. I know coaches can't say this, but I mean Ames was it it was you were the number one team going into this year, and you had some ups and downs, and you certainly had to prove it. And you know you coached all the way through the season, but going into the tournament as the number one team, how do you manage that? And how do you manage that not only for yourself and the coaching staff? But for the students as well, the students and players, I mean, we're starting to look at the college level, you know, these number one seeded teams are losing, you know, at, at the college level. And so it's, it's, it's not that everything is just a given going into the season. I know that you don't take that for granted. No, uh, you know, we have been through this before, yeah. so that, that did help yeah. uh, from a staff perspective. Uh, nice thing is you get to, if you're the number one seed, you don't ever have to change jerseys. So you told the kids <laughs> we're, wearing, we're wearing white all the way through, so there's going to be a mix up there. Uh, but to, to, uh, to your point, we just tried to keep things as normal as we possibly could. We knew what we wanted to do from a routine after the sub-state final. We knew what we wanted to do every day. We knew what we wanted to cover. And then we, when we got into Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we wanted to keep it like, hey, we're preparing for a Tuesday game. Yeah. 
and then we, we knew what we wanted to do from Wednesday to Thursday, and we want we, what we wanted to do from Thursday to Friday. Yeah. But there's got to be a normalcy with teenage boys. There just has to be, yeah. or, or or they're they're not going to be able to focus. And that, yeah. that really, that's what we tried to emphasize. So this particular team, um, you know, like I had said, we had, um, you know, the senior leadership was big for this team. Um, Taman Lipsy is going to be playing at Iowa State next year, you know, was a big part of that. But in many ways, the um, the way this season unfolded, you guys started with defense, or at least that's what it looked like um, from my perspective. I saw at one point throughout, and we're, this is probably midway or past midway through the season, that you were keeping every team to their lowest point total of the year. Was that a focus of, of you and your coaching staff you know, going into this season? Or you know, how does that come about with, with defense being such – it was so prominent and, and, and obvious – well, I, Eric, I don't think it was any more of a focus this year than it has been in other years. Yeah. Um, but we did we did learn early on that that was going to be a, a big part of our identity, and we had to guard really well. Now we were very fortunate; we had two elite perimeter defenders. Yeah. Uh, L.A. and Taman yeah. are are really really talented in that area, and Corey has been through through so many battles with us yeah. that he could adjust to the scout well. Devin has been there for years. He yeah. could adjust to the scout well. And Travy in the, that, that same vein. And then the young people coming off the bench did a terrific job. Yeah. What is your focus in? Like, so how does practice play out for you throughout the season? And then maybe even towards the end of the season, you're starting to hit your groove. You know you're getting into the postseason. What do practices look like? Is it the same every um every day or every week are you focusing on the same things or, or are you making you know notable adjustments based on what you're seeing in games well a little bit of both um there there's some drills that we're going to do every day because it's just muscle memory we don't yeah. feel if we don't do this we we can't perform that in game time and then as as we break down film and look at numbers and statistical information we know that there's certain things that we have to adjust to um, what we found ourselves is, as far as an adjustment, is spending more time in rebounding the ball. Yeah. You know those drills, and we knew when we lost Taman for that five-week period yep. that we had to find not a new identity, but we had to have contributions offensively out of kids that weren't outside their personality. And part of what we tried to do was, especially with Corey, with LA, and, and a big part with Travis, hey, we need more offensive rebounds. Yeah. So we want offensive production, but but we can't play out of our individual personality. So we weren't all of a sudden going to start uh, shooting, uh, uh, you know, twice as many threes. But how can we get offensive production? Offensive rebounds is a big way. Yeah. And we focused on that uh, uh, in practice. But, uh, but yeah, there's some daily drills that we try to do yeah. every day just, you know, for, for turnover prevention and, and, and defense especially. So this is your 18th year as varsity head coach of Ames High. And, you know, I talked a little bit about senior leadership, but you have a pretty long-tenured coaching staff as well, um, coaches who have been, been part of the Ames High program for a while. How does that play into to this season? How valuable is that? Well, I, I think it's extremely valuable. Uh, uh, you know, I've got Coach Dana Goodwin, who's been yep. with us for 12 years, and, and Dana – really focuses on the defensive part of it. I got Jeff Steinis who has been here just a, a little bit, uh, uh, um, uh, um, not quite as long, uh, and, and he focuses on the offense. I've got yeah. Andrew Zalaski who helps with all this administrative work and coaches our 10th yeah. graders. And I've got Ryan McGowan who focuses on our ninth graders. 
and does a great job there. And then we bring in a couple volunteers and Steve McGraw, who's coached more games than I've won. And, you know, I'm just calling him every night, bouncing yeah. things off of him, especially in regards to kids. Yeah. And then Bruce Verdon, another volunteer that works on uh, individual scouts uh, on personnel tendencies. Yeah. And you put that all together, and these guys work great, great together. They, yeah. they really uh, have good chemistry. Uh, I'm just really fortunate, and yeah. I think the kids are really fortunate. Absolutely. Uh, do you find yourself, you know, having just like a lot of nonverbal communication, you know, with your coaching staff, you know, you've done it for so many years together. Everyone kind of knows their role and, and what they need to do. Yeah, I think so. And it's worked out really well. And, you know, you wouldn't think that that's important, you know, coaching staff having chemistry and and it, and it really is because you're always under the clock Yeah. and it's not just the eight minutes in the quarters. It's like, you know, a timeout, how much time do you have? You got to communicate these ideas. Yeah. Can you do it quickly? Can you do it efficiently? And can you do it clearly with the kids? You know, uh, uh, halftime, you got 10 minutes. Well, you think 10 (laughs) minutes is a long time, but by the time you transition to a locker room and you want to be back on the floor at three, it's not a lot of time. So, yeah. I mean, you got seven points on the board. You got guys calculating numbers. You come in, you, you got Dana saying something specifically to defense. Yeah. You got Jeff saying something specifically to offense. Um, final comments, and then you're back on the floor, and it's got to be, uh, you know, effectively communicated to the kids and clearly, like I said, and uh, hopefully yeah. <laughs> it's the right stuff. Yeah. You know, um, surrounding yourself with, with good people is is huge. I would imagine that the trust level with this coaching staff is – is got to be off the charts as well. E- even to go as far as to feel comfortable to be able to tell you things that maybe you don't want to hear at any given time as as the head coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, you know, it doesn't it ain't gonna do us any good if everybody just agrees with what I say. Yeah, right. So uh, everybody I mentioned uh, feel well. Maybe not Ryan McGowan. He's pretty, he's pretty young. <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, he'll get there. Yeah, he will get there. <laughs> but every one of those guys is not afraid to disagree with yeah. with, with what I'm doing or, or what I have to say, and and I think that just helps helps everything. Over the course of years, have you had situations not asking specifics where you've had to like maybe even check yourself a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think that's just kind of you know that yeah that happens every season where you just gotta yeah. you know like you said check yourself. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's a. Uh, uh, it, it's an amped up profession. You, there's a lot of adrenaline. There's a lot of competitive juices, but then there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of times that you got to be careful. Yeah. So we're gonna get to um, a little bit of of some previous seasons that you know you've helped coach. But there was some hype around this team coming into the season. You made it to the state tournament last year. Um, and, you know, people were looking at Ames with a lot of returners from last year coming into this year. Do you think about that at all? Well, we thought about it in the off season. Okay. Uh, but when you're into the grind of the of the season, you don't – I don't think you think about it so yeah. much. You think about your opponent, what you have to take away, and what yeah. you can do against them. Yeah. So, you know, Taman was um, – where is he going to go? You know, he announced before the season that, you know, he was going to go to Iowa State. Does that take some pressure off of – off of the season as a whole? Well, I, I don't think it necessarily takes any pressure off of this season as a whole. I think it took a significant amount of pressure off of Tayman. Okay. I've never met a kid uh, that, that has been highly recruited where yeah. when they can finally say, this is where I'm going to go, doesn't yeah. feel really good about just getting that responsibility yeah. off their back. Yeah. Um, not that you know there hadn't been anything negative at all yeah. with any of the kids that I've dealt with as far mm-hmm. as in that category. 
but uh, it's just nice to have it done, and I can focus on basketball yeah. in this particular team. Yeah. I've told people this, and I don't know if you think about this, a, a hallmark of a Vance Downs team is – uh, the player's demeanor on the court. And so I've lived in Ames a long time. I've seen teams. I've been in this position. This is my fifth year now. I've been to basketball games, you know, for, for all of those years. And your players don't complain. You know, they're on the court. They're playing. They, they don't, they don't come, you know, calls are going to go both ways. You know, that, that's the nature of the game. And, and it seems like every team, including, you know, the one this season, they put their head down, they go to work, and, and, you know, if you have to work the officials a little bit, that's that's your job, but they, they just work hard. Is that something you guys talk about at, at practice? Well, we, we try to. Yeah. You know, uh, before every game, there's a list of reminders offensively and defensively in what we call game management. Mm-hmm. And there's 10 points under each, and those 10 points under game management, at least five of them deal with just how to address officials, Yeah. Uh, how, to, how to act before a game, after the game, how to address officials. If you are, you know, really yeah. the, there's one kid out of the captain group that's supposed to address the officials at okay. all. Uh, but if they do, this is how you do it. And we talk about body language. Yeah. Um, you know, how one call handled correctly might get you another call. Okay, yeah. Uh, how one call not handled correctly <laughs> is for sure not going to get you the next call. Correct. And there's so many 50-50 calls yeah. in basketball. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying anybody's not above board. Right. But you want to do everything you possibly can to help yeah. yourself win the game. So when you get to the state tournament, um, how intense How intense is that run? So for the 4A um, boys, if, if, you know, it's the final eight teams, you play on Wednesday, you win, you move on, you play immediately the next day on Thursday. Again, you win and move on like we did this year. You're playing on Friday. So there's three games in a row, and, and these are all you win and move on. The team who loses, they're done for the season. How, how intense is that for um, you, the team, the coaching staff? It's got to be nonstop, I would imagine. It does get intense. Now, yeah. now fortunately, we've played a number of back-to-backs. So uh, you play Wednesday, you know, you win, yeah. you kind of take a moment to exhale before you grab something to eat, and then you're on to the next yeah. game. And that back-to-back is kind of a common feeling. The back-to-back-to-back, that's, that's a different creature. <laughs> and uh, um, when you get, if you're fortunate enough to win that second game of the tournament, the kids are, the kids are spent. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Of, and I'm not talking physically necessarily, mm-hmm. although there's there's a piece of that. Yeah. But emotionally, there's not a lot left. And I was taught a long time ago when you get to that last game, it's really about you. It's not about them. Yeah. And we've just tried to. You know, when I say them, I'm, I'm talking about the opponent. Yeah. So when we get to that last game, we try to give them enough time to to recover and then just give them a little bit of information yeah. and let them be them in that state championship game. How much? Um... How much scouting are, are you able to do on teams that maybe you're not familiar with? You know, um, we play the Metro schools. They're close. You know, odds are you maybe have played them before. Not always, but um, there's always when you're playing, you know, Cedar Rapids, Council Bluffs. These are teams that maybe you don't you don't see a lot of or maybe even hear a lot of. They're just in a different part of the state. How much how much what type of preparation does that entail? Well, really, in, in today's world with Huddle and mm-hmm. the Huddle film system, you, you can you can get as much okay. as you want. It's yeah. just it's just how much volume do you want to deal with? Right. Yeah. And and usually, what we do if it's uh, uh, like the second game of the tournament, we have a coach out in front working on those possible opponents, okay. and 
and really you can get what you want. You can yeah. call who you want. <laughs> right. you, there's a lot of information. It's just what, what yeah. is what's how much volume do you want to deal with, and what do you think you can chunk down that the kids can consume, and the kids can't. You know, on back to back, you know, they're they're not going to consume a lot of information, right. and you want them to play fast. Yeah. Which probably goes back to how important practice is and focusing on what you can control, and, and that is whatever your offensive and defensive schemes are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're just so much muscle memory in this yeah. game. you got to let the kids be there themselves. Yeah. So if we were to go down memory lane, you know, this is your third um, – state title as coach at at Ames High as head coach of Ames High and the other two came in um 2009 and 2010 and those were some are arguing some of the best high school teams that the state of Iowa has has ever seen I know you've heard this this is with uh Harrison Barnes and and Doug McDermott uh you went two years didn't lose uh a game during those seasons how intense were those years? Have you have you you had to have taken some time to think about those seasons? Well, yeah, th- those years were something else. Yeah, uh, we got upset in uh, eight nine or excuse me uh, seven eight. Okay, in a sub-state final when uh, Creek Murray hit a last-second shot, we didn't get over to the tournament. That just kind of added to the yeah uh, to the expectations or, or pressure maybe. But those two years were really intense. I thought the kids handled it extremely well, yeah. um, but uh, it's hard to put into words. And I, I can't very, imagine. I'm very thankful it ended the way it ended. Yeah. And it wasn't just Doug and Harrison. That that team that won at nine, I mean, you had Boo Boo Paolo, yeah. you had Jesse Pritchard, you had Riley Stuvey, you had Ryan McGowan, you had uh, uh, Crandall, you had James Kohler. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the debate of what what the best team. No, was, I know that's not your job. <laughs> but but uh, uh, it was it was a special group yeah. of kids, and and uh, you know, fortunately, it worked out the way it, it did. Yeah, because uh, you never know. No, you uh, don't. On, on a bad day. Yeah, uh, things could have went south, and and uh, uh, the good news is, I mean, it worked out two yeah, years in a row. I think they went 56 and 0. Yeah, and uh, it was a special time. It was almost on another level, though. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, every year you have the, the number one team in the state or, you know, the top couple teams in the state. At that time, they were the number one team in the nation. And especially going into that senior year, you had won the state title, and now you have, you know, seniors with, with Harris. And I would imagine that the pressure ramped up even more during that, that final season, that, that senior season for that crew. Yeah, absolutely. You're bringing back some memories as you ask the questions. Uh, um, and, and it wasn't just the pressure of the games, the, uh, you know, not as much social media back then. Yeah. People had to be there in person to do interviews, uh, practices. Uh, it, it was it was tough to just operate on a daily basis and then trying to keep the kids focused yeah. at the task at hand. Uh, at times, it almost seemed impossible. Um, thankfully, we, we kind of you know, cut it down that the press could come in one day a week, let's get it done okay. and try to focus on the task at hand. And then every time we traveled, it, it was kind of like the circus coming to town. It, yeah. was, it was tough to get in. We needed we needed support from host sites. 
to get in and out of locker rooms and then leaving the same type of thing. It was uh, it was a very unique situation. So to talk about like the media, you know, it's you know obviously you know locally we have the Ames Tribune in town, we have the Des Moines Register locally. There's television in town, but we're talking about national media at times. I remember one of those games was on ESPN. So a high school game being played on ESPN that year and and actually I was in attendance during that game I wasn't in this position but I lived in Ames and I came to that game and and it was packed it was crazy and and then when you counter that so you talk about you know Sports Illustrated ESPN and then you counter that with the fact that these you know 17 18 year old students still have to go to you know um, history class and and an English class during the day it's just a, it's an odd balance to consider. Uh, it really was. It really was. I can still remember a discussion talking with Judge Johnson and our AD at the time. Hey, ESPN has contacted us. They'd like to do a game with you and Waukegan. And the matchup, obviously, was Harrison, Jeremy, Richmond. Yeah. And I thought, hey, great. What, ESPN 3, the Deuce, what, what do you, the, he yeah. said, no, 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 this is going to be on the, this is going to be on the, the, the mother, ESPN. The mother yeah. And, uh, um, the excitement, the buildup, it, it was awesome. It was a terrific turnout. Thankfully, we played really well. Uh, a number of kids had a great night. They yeah. played uh, some of their best basketball against a really good Waukegan yeah. team. And uh, but yeah, the just the daily, you know, and and kids still got to be kids. Yeah, right. You know, uh, uh, but you know, like I said before, it's hard to put into words. But it was it was a very unique experience. Uh, I'm certainly fortunate that it, I, I got to go through it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad it ended well, and I, and I think our community and our school really enjoyed yeah. uh, what was happening at that yeah. time as well. So there are some funny stories that um, uh, Tommy Birch just recorded on um, going into the tournament this season, kind of looked back as well. I mean, at that time, um, with Harrison Barnes being so highly recruited, the number one recruit in, in the nation, not just the state, in the nation. So, you know, there's Mike Krzyzewski in town, Roy Williams, Bill Self. Um, uh, part of that story that, that Tommy did talked about how, you know, there's practice going on and Judge would be walking around with one of these coaches as one of them was in the gym, you know, watching. And and then there was a really funny story about you arriving to work really early and, and you flip on the lights to the gymnasium and Bill Self is sitting there. <laughs> uh, just how cra- I mean, I, I know I, we keep saying these, you know, words, but um, it's bonkers. It was just a crazy time. Yeah, it, it was. It was. That's a true story, by the way. We yeah. Had, uh, when uh, the, when Harrison was a junior, uh, uh, we were just starting two days, so yeah. we arrive. It's it's probably six o'clock in the morning. We turn the light, lights on to get ready to start practice, and over in the corner seated is Danny Manning and Bill Self. <laughs> Danny Manning at that time yeah. working on Bill Self's staff. Yeah. And uh, to this day, I don't remember how you know, how they got <laughs> in, and I'm sure I asked them. Uh, but uh, back then, staffs would come, and they would spend the entire day. Yeah. So, like, they came in, and Danny Manning spent spent the day and, the, and came back that night, and uh, Carolina did the same. Yeah. It was it was something else. And uh, but I will say, Judge Johnson, I thought did a, did a remarkable yeah. job of helping manage that situation. That uh, was not not easy to do at times. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was it was an experience. How did you support this? You know, at the time, they're kids. They're they're obviously adults now. But how did you support the the students at that time? The players. I mean, Harrison. I mean. 
all of the players, how, how, what steps did you keep to kind of keep them, you know, just kind of focus, like, you know, you got schoolwork, we got practice, there's all of this going on. Um, it's a lot. It is. We, we tried to keep things as normal as we could. Yeah. Like we said, just to keep the press off all the kids' backs, uh, we had the one night, um, and uh, they, they, you know, that's the only night that the press yeah. would be allowed, and then... The rest of the time, we just tried to keep media out of the building as much as possible, yeah. keep the kids on their academics. And uh, when we traveled, we tried to limit exposure from everybody. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that helped the kids a yeah. little bit. But I thought, all in all, the kids themselves did a remarkable job yeah. because they had so many people pulled at them, so many distractions, and their families. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that starts with, with probably Harrison and Shirley. I yeah. mean, I don't know too many kids that could have went through that in Iowa, yeah. you know, such a fishbowl because there's so few people. Yeah. Um, and, and he managed that extremely well, as did the other kids and their families. Yeah. How cool is it to see, and, you know, we're talking about these two from the, from that area, but there, there are others as well that go on to really do great things, um, both athletically and otherwise. You know, when you look at um, Doug at the time, you know, he was, he was um, you know, not as sought after, but then goes on to be one of the, the greatest uh collegiate players to ever play you know at college and now has a wonderful NBA career and is continuing to play in the NBA at a, at a high level how does that make you feel when, when you you know you see them on ESPN or you know you can check out one of their games and, and and watch it and and to know that you are very formidable in you know not only their their basketball you know coming up in basketball but just you know developing them as as a an individual well, as far as seeing them on TV, I think I'm a little spoiled because you just kind of, you know, you're, you're used to it now. You, yeah. you check it every day. How, yeah. how, how the Spurs do, how yep. Sacramento do. Yep. Uh, uh, um, so it, it's kind of commonplace. Uh, um, it, it's neat. I yeah. mean, it, it's it's pretty cool to think about what, what has transpired, where they've gone. The funny thing about Doug is all these coaches came through. Yeah. And nobody really – you know, better than I and Doug, and I remember. You know, you'd ask, "What? He's pretty close, isn't he? What do you What do you think? I mean, he's a heck of a player. Yeah. And, ah, you know, we just don't think he can keep up defensively, or he can't do this." And uh, talk it, about it proving was, everyone wrong. Yeah, Holy smokes! <laughs> and I, I think at the time when when Doug made a decision, he, he decided on you and I. Yep. Creighton at the time, Dana Albans asked him. I could have it wrong, but I'm pretty sure he asked him to redshirt for a year. And okay. he may, may even was asked to pay his own way for that first redshirt Jeez. year. And then it worked out that, that, that Greg changed jobs. Yep. And, and I think even Greg wanted to, to redshirt Doug. And something happened. They had a, a scrimmage, I believe, with Colorado, at okay. Colorado. And they had some illness some injuries, and they said, you know, let's suit Doug for this one. Yeah. And at halftime of that scrimmage, Doug had like 28. He said, you know, maybe we ought to think about <laughs> holding on to that red shirt yeah, right? and letting him play. Jeez. And then the rest is history. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, just him alone, you know, he did a quick quick little research. I mean, fifth all-time uh, collegiate score, National Player of the Year, Missouri Valley Player of the Year. He's All-American. You know, just at, at Creighton, he, he did all of these things. Um, and then, again, like, you know, we already mentioned, went on to a wonderful NBA career for Harrison. I mean, a lot of the same things. Um, 
goes off, gets an NBA championship, you know, a gold medal representing USA. And then, um, and one of the neat things as we go into next year, you know, we're building a brand new high school and the gymnasium and court will be, you know, named after Harrison Barnes. And so, you know, it kind of brings it in many ways, I would imagine for you full circle in that, you know, you get those state titles from there. They go off to do these amazing things. And then just to be able to give back to to the community. I know that we did some um, reporting on it when we announced the Harrison Barnes Gymnasium in court, but Harrison has um, a tendency to give back to every community that he's lived in. And, and part of that has been in Ames, but, you know, uh, Golden State, um, you know, San Francisco, Sacramento. And we're not talking about, you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars and and time that he gives back to his community and and how does that how do you reflect on that you, you know just seeing that come full circle and knowing that you're going to be coaching on the on the court of a player that you coached uh, it's pretty neat to see things go full circle yeah. I mean, somebody asked me earlier today you know it, you know is that like the the, the epitome of coaching you get to see your guys play in the league yeah. or or that type of thing really uh the funnest part of coaching is seeing like this things go full circle yeah. young men grow up get their educations they become fathers they have careers they come back they help their community yeah. i mean really that's that's the best part of coaching and and this is you know obviously a uh a, a, a you know, an unreal example yeah. where a young man is able to uh, have that type of success, give back to all these communities yeah. in, in such a strong way. Uh, it's going to be really uh, a neat deal to see him come back yeah. and and to play on that floor and to have uh, younger kids kind of start that, yeah. that cycle again themselves. Yeah, play on that floor. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's it's wonderful for our our community. But I was just um, I was so proud of our community when, when we did move forward in that direction and name the, the gymnasium in court in his honor. And the thing that we focused on at, at the time was the philanthropy that, that he was doing. I mean, obviously in Ames, you know, he's given money to, to help support the Miracle Park. He's active in the Boys and Girls Club. But even um, in other communities that he's lived in the NBA, um, he gives a lot of time and, and, and energy and, and has been recognized by the NBA um, in that regard as well, which I just find to be wonderful. So when we think back um, in, you know, the recent basketball, Ames High basketball program, you know, we've spent the, the last several weeks really focusing on this particular team, you know, and they won the, the state title, your third state title. We talked about um, the 09 and, and 10 teams and, and how they won state titles. And, you know, in many ways, the, the recent program history has really revolved around um, under your tenure. And yet the Ames High basketball program is much longer than that. So as a program, you know, this is the ninth state title. Um, dating back all the way to the 1930s and then um, a few in the or a couple in the 70s and then 91 which I know you were also around for as well how does it feel to just be part of that long legacy of of success well it it, it, it feels really special to me yeah and I, I hope as we look at this and as we talk about it that it's our state titles yeah I've been really fortunate 
first of all, uh, Wayne Clinton gave me a chance to coach back yeah. in 1989. <laughs> uh, and he and Bud let me follow him around and yeah. help a little bit and cut my teeth in coaching. Uh, and I've also had a great opportunity to spend time with George Duvall, okay. who coached the 73 team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you're around that. You understand the tradition. You know how important it is to, to players, to parents, to community. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of what the team, the, the coaches, everybody's put together over the years. Yeah. And I hope the community and the school district just embraces it because it's a special deal. Yeah. You know, the, the numbers that you've mentioned are unique yeah. and uh, special to this place in 4A basketball and special to this place only. Yeah. And uh, I really look at it as it's ours. Yeah. And, and, and I hope we all share a little bit of it and continue to build on it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, you know, and we've done um, – a lot of history work, especially leading into this year, because, you know, we, we do want to celebrate the the historic program. And the really neat thing about being able to do that is over the next, you know, generations and even decades, they're going to look at this team as as something that was special as as the other teams as well. And it's just it's it's really cool to be able to, you know, add 2022 to that list of of eight other state titles. Oh, it certainly is, and uh, you know, like we'd mentioned the kids before. It's yeah. it's really special for these kids, and I hope it's with them for a lifetime. Yeah. And I hope this community enjoys uh, seeing a terrific group of kids play. Well, I hope um, I hope you do take some time off. I know when we were talking prior to recording, you were already talking about you know what. Well, we're gonna get planning for next year as well. well. I hope you do take some time and and find a way to enjoy. Um, this season for for what it is before you really dive into the next season well we'll certainly try to take some time <laughs> it's tough to do sometimes i Harry. know uh but uh it was a lot of fun and and uh, i i feel very very fortunate to have a terrific group of staff members and, and to get to coach this team yeah. and to have success with it and uh I, you know what I, I feel pretty fortunate just to be able to be here and part of the Ameside family the Ameside basketball family man that's awesome well, thank you, Vance, for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me.